Welcome to Weekend Trader. I'm your host, Tom White, and joining me for the show is Ben Lichtenstein, the host of the Future Show right here on the TD Ameritrade Network. Ben, it was a rough week for equities led by a spike in interest rates. The FOMC minutes triggering interest rates where the 10-year yield hit 1.8% for the first time since January of 2020, pre-pandemic. Ben, your take here on equity markets and the result of spiking rates on those uh, stocks. Yeah, volatile first week for the new year, Tom. We saw the indices started uh, right out of the gate, uh, really well bid, but again, rates uh, had a nice run up, as you mentioned, the TNX, the 30 year, the five year, especially the shorter end of the curve, saw a nice uh, move higher this week. and. Um, the treasure, the indices really came off in reaction to, especially the NASDAQ, the tech heavy index, and about what you'd expect to see with rates on the rise to the extent that they were. The one thing that was kind of interesting is it seemed like it was a more kind of a rotational type trade, Tom, not so much like uh, kind of selling across the board. We saw new all-time highs in the ES, the E-mini S&P 500 contract, new all-time highs in the Dow futures contract as well. Um, and then I want to point out in terms of some of the safe haven type tendencies, we didn't really see a lot of migration too. So the selling really didn't bring a lot of movement into the VIX, the volatility index, the yen, the dollar, for example, and gold, another product that for the most part kind of had a little bit of a level-headed approach towards some of the selling that we saw this week to begin the year. Yeah, and uh, that uh, volatility was in individual names, Ben, and not in the major indices. Mm -hmm. That uh, Chicago Board of Options Exchange volatility index, the VIX, was still, still hovering under that 20 level as we get work till the close on Friday, so it's not reflective of maybe uncertainty in the uh, in the overall market, but individual names volatility was definitely higher. We had three of the four major indices finish in the red this week, Ben. Dow Industrials relatively flat, but the tech-heavy Nasdaq 100 was down over 4% and led to the downside. This was the worst week for the Nasdaq 100 since February. Your take here as investors continue to pop pile out of these high growth tech names and into maybe consumer staples, energy names also. I know we're going to talk oil in a little bit, but your take here on that rotational trade into the safety plays. Well, first time you mentioned volatility. If we could just pull this chart, this is the VIX. And I want to point out that we saw a huge spike in December, if you remember, uh, all the way up into that 30 handle. And here you can see the highs from last month, the low from last month, and where we are right now to begin the year. So comfortably around this 20 level down near the lower extreme of that range. But you also mentioned the NASDAQ, some of those tech names. And well, take a look here because this is what's weighing on them. This is the TNX, 10-year yields. Look at the spike, the run-up that we saw this week up into the 1.8% level. We took out highs from last year. We're talking March. And again, this is important. Not only did the 10-year uh, yields move higher, but here you can see the five-year, the shorter end of the curve was really on a tear. This there you can see the impact that had on the yield curve. We've got, in this instance, it's the 30-year in the purple line. You can see the five-year really spiking up relative to the longer end of the yield curve here. And Tom, when you see that, ultimately, you're going to expect to see some volatility, a ripple effect. Anytime rates are on the move with this kind of a trajectory to the upside, again, it's going to uh, create a little bit of a ripple effect. Yeah, and then we had that uh, jobs report on Friday, Ben. Yes. Uh, coming in under expectations. They expected about over 400,000 jobs added uh, in December. It was just under 200,000 at 199, Ben. And if you look at this, it's kind of um, a bifurcated 
type of report here, right, Ben? Because we missed expectations on job ads, but at the same time, the unemployment rate uh, went down uh, more than expected, down to 3.9%. So are we at full employment or is this just a choppy report? Wages uh, inched up though, Tom. Yeah. Unemployment did inch down and it was a disappointment. Now there was a lot of there, look at the average hourly earnings uh, inching higher and above expectations year over year and month over month. You can see the participation rate fell flat at 61.9. But Tom, I don't know if investors really knew what to make of this number. Uh, we've seen since September that ADP beat expectations four times the private payrolls and non-farm payrolls have only beat once since September as far as my records and what I saw. So again, not a lot of connectivity but there was some anticipation headed into this and it was a bit of a disappointment. But I was surprised initially, I saw rates continue higher, treasuries futures continue lower in reaction to the number. And I was thinking why on a miss if employment is uh, not reaching our expectations, that doesn't really put the Fed in a position where they're gonna have to act sooner rather than later. And, but when you look at that wages component, again, a component, it continues to inch higher. And so I think that's sort of fed into it. But Tom, there's also something else playing out here this week, which I think kind of helps support the indices and kind of keep away some of that gloom and doom type mentality as rates spiked and all the other factors that we've been talking about. And that was at the Omicron variant. Again, some of the concerns tied to have sort of diminished a little bit out of Europe, out of uh, uh, Asia, some of the areas that we had seen there, although still taking strict measures, again, the severity component associated with it, I think, has kind of eased investors' concerns in terms of the impact that it could have overall on economies. Yeah, and on the commodity side, Ben, that you focus on quite a bit, mm -hmm. we had some big moves uh, in that space, notably oil up nearly 5% on the week. It did uh, trade above 80 bucks a barrel for West Texas crude. Give me your take and uh, your thoughts here on crude this past week because inflationary pressures are coming down the pipeline if we continue to see crude rise. Well, crude on the rise is uh, certainly part of the inflation narrative. And ultimately, when you see crude oil products on the rise, you'd expect to see rates on the rise. They've been very closely tied recently. And, you know, crude this week, uh, much like the indices, traders, investors had a lot to focus on. It started out the week with the OPEC Plus announcement. They were, they were going to increase production by 400,000, which I saw as a vote of confidence in terms of demand expectations. I mean, they're not going to be increasing production if they don't see, if they think Omicron, uh, the impact is going to hit demand uh, in a severe way in theory ultimately so I thought that was again a vote of confidence but what I was hearing is the crude prices continue to rally because of Libya there's some uh, production uh, disruption uh, in Kazakhstan there's uh, a little bit of unrest in terms of the Ukraine Russian border right now which is creating some geopolitical tensions which always ties in ultimately and yeah we saw crude oil prices strong that continues to be the case which also sort of ties into what I was saying before about how this didn't seem like an all panic type selling week by any means um, uh, it more it, with crude oil on the on the move higher throughout the week that was very much risk on type sentiment relative to what we had talked about in the indices and for example Bitcoin which was very risk off type uh, kind of uh, environment but so a mixed message here but uh, some bullish uh, sentiment in crude oil again whether you tie it to the draws that we saw in inventories I think six in as many weeks and um, a couple other the dollar for example another factor there
there. It didn't really get bid up as the indices sold off. So a weaker dollar tends to be supportive of crude prices. The dollar's kind of hovering around this 96 level, not really running away to the upside here. So there were some factors that were supportive of crude, but with the indices uh, into the end of the week, crude came off a little bit as well after, as you mentioned, getting up above that $80 level. So also RBOB, though, heating oil on the move higher this week. So energy products in general, which lifted some of those energy names, those were some of the big uh, uh, um, winners of the week. Yeah, and then we had a big slide in Bitcoin, which was trading near uh, 50,000 at the start of the week, trading below 42,000, over three and a half month lows for Bitcoin, uh, getting pressured, uh, a lot of selling there on that side. But Ben, we got to uh, look forward to next week. Unofficially starts, kicks off earnings season at towards the end of the week as far as earnings goes. But we do get some other names. We get some housing numbers out of KB Homes midweek about uh, Wednesday. And then Thursday, Delta Airlines reports. And then following that on Friday, we've get JP Morgan, Wells Fargo and Citigroup reporting to the banks, which rose over 30% last year as a sector and did really well this past week as rates rose. Uh, expectations for next week uh, as far as earnings go? Well, maybe that'll get us back on track, Tom, because that's really what's helped uh, this move higher in terms of the indices as investors have shrugged off some of the negative sentiment, the unknowns tied to COVID and everything else. And this is what they've been focusing on. Companies reporting quarterly results, better than expected earnings. And yeah, I mean, I think a few names are going to be watched next week. Some of the housing names with rates on the rise, certainly the banks are going to be closely watched. And I think there's a couple other uh, focal points for investors and traders, though. We have some inflation data due out next week, Tom. CPI, PPI, we've got the Michigan sentiment. We also have Fed Chair Jerome Powell speaking. There's a couple uh, Fed uh, C that are going to get uh, assigned next week, possibly, or names that are going to get officially raised and, and proposed to fill those positions. So there you can see the week starts off kind of slow, Monday, Tuesday, not much. We get the NFIB on Tuesday, but there you can see it heats up throughout the week. Friday, retail sales will certainly be a focal point. Industrial production, business inventories across the board, in addition to earnings and some of the other, uh, again, things you mentioned, fundamental potential catalyst, Tom. I think we should be keeping an eye on the eco data. It certainly is uh, um, what's been moving markets and what investors and traders want to continue to see to come in strong here to help uh, support the indices and some of these trends that we've been seeing to the upside. Yeah, definitely some big numbers on inflation next week and then also earnings season, my favorite time uh, of the quarter where we get those uh, financials unofficially kicking off earnings season. That's going to wrap it up for us, Ben. We'll see if this volatility continues into next week for equities. Have a great weekend, uh, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next Monday with Futures with Ben Lichtenstein on Monday at 8 a.m. Eastern.